does the government know more about unexplained vehicles in the skies above America than they're telling us? I mean, I, I got to be honest, I think it goes without saying, right? Absolutely. But today we're going to talk about just what the government's been saying about UFOs. A nice, timely topic. Inquiring minds want to know. From a child born into this world, we are taught what to believe. Closed-minded, we become fearful to be deceived. Still, we desire to know what lies beyond that locked door. The art of the storyteller, conjuring tales of legend and lore. History hidden, lost knowledge, things forgotten, and the unknown. These are the things that direct us and will set the tone. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Nightmares on the Lost Highway. So, with much fanfare and applause, <laughs> Nightmares on the Lost Highways managed to return. Yay! After, what has it been? It's been a few months now. April? It's, four uh, months? Four months. It's um, been a hard road. We just wanted to make sure we touch base a little bit about what's been going on, where we've been, and hopefully where we're going. There's been a lot of, we've survived Corona so far. So far. Knock on um, wood. And everything else that the year 2020 has thrown at us, uh, Godzilla attacks, alien invasion, hopefully. Cthulhu sightings. Cthulhu sightings. I mean, seriously, I think we we can go on record as saying that 2020 has been a rough year. It. Uh, we seriously had, well, for, for, for starters, we lost our uh, sound equipment. Uh, it took a big dump, so we had to uh, repurchase some new recording equipment. Uh, I personally lost uh, my at that time full time job due to the economy. Yeah, uh, it, it's been it's been a rough year. I think anybody would say twenty twenty. You know, uh, has been a rough one. Yeah, we'd like to go ahead and just uh, hit the reset button on it. That's not how time works. Yeah. So we're stuck in twenty twenty. And since we're talking about twenty twenty, I figured we would pick a timely topic here. We'd talk about what the government's been saying about UFOs. Hmm. Uh, you know, I seen I, I saw some headlines recently, and and they definitely jumped out to me. Again, all things unexplained, UFOs, Bigfoot, whatnot. When you see articles about the government kind of copping to the existence of unexplained, unknown aircraft. Well, there's been conspiracies, of course, for decades, and of course the whole Roswell, all of this stuff in the background. But yeah, all of a sudden, I think it was videos started coming out of some of the uh, navy pilots i think that was december 2017 to about march yeah and the government is actually saying oh yeah we've got this uh yeah our pilots recorded this and this is a real thing yeah well to give a little background on the government projects and investigating ufos you have project sign that they started in 1947 which became project grudge in 1949 and then became the most famous, Project Blue Book, in 1952, which officially ceased operation in 1970. And we'll say officially in quotes there. A lot of people <laughs> will say Project Blue Book never really ended. But what really jumps out, what really started this topic was uh, July 23rd, July 24th, 2020 New York Times articles, where the Department of Defense was apparently uh, talking about UFOs. I think one of the titles was No Longer in the Shadows. I think there were three videos specifically released by the Navy, maybe, or Air Force. I think it was all Navy. It may, Navy. One of them may have been Air Force. Um, no, my notes here say they were recorded between 2004 and 2015 over the Pacific and the East Coast. 
Uh, captured by, okay, I should look at my notes. Captured by naval aviators. And they show objects hurtling through the sky, one that rotates against the wind. Uh, the pilot's absolutely confused and in awe of these objects. You can hear them in the recordings. Uh, like one of them is moving so fast and the pilot's like, you know, hey, I pinged him. And the other pilot's like, oh my gosh, you got that thing with as fast as it's moving? I mean, utter shock. I mean, disbelief, you can tell. Yeah, these guys, uh, again, I mean, obviously it's clear that they don't know what they're looking at. And if the Navy pilot, if Navy pilots don't know what they're looking at, I'm assuming they're trained to recognize enemy aircraft. More so than any of us. The Pentagon's UFO unit will start making findings public. Uh, It's a Pentagon program that was over the years. And like I said, we'll say, you know, maybe it ties all the way back into Project Blue Book days, 1970. But they've been collecting this information. Uh, It's now part of the Office of Naval Intelligence. And I think the actual name of the program right now is the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. Which is kind of a name. I, I did come across that. I also came across uh, government files released in 2007 mentioned the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Our government is really, that's like SHIELD. Exactly. I, I, and I can't hardly tell you what SHIELD stands for. <laughs> now, supposedly the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, boy, that's a mouthful. Uh, was founded in 2007, and the Defense Department officials said uh, as of 2017, that was null and void, didn't exist anymore. And well, maybe, over, it, maybe it became this Aerial Phenomenon Task Force. Maybe it changed at that time, but they said uh, there were other people that came forward and said, they're telling you that ended, but we were members of that after that. Well, it's kind of like Project Blue Book. You know, They say officially it ended in 1970, but... There's all kinds of accounts of Project Blue Book continuing way past that. Exactly, exactly. Now, this Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force, or the, the one, the threat assessment, I think? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Advanced Aerospace uh, Threat. Their specific mission is to standardize collection and report on sightings of unexplained aerial vehicles. Quote, unquote. Vehicles. Uh, I, I like that terminology. Now, of course, officials will not openly discuss the program. While itself is not a classified program, the details... The things that it deals in are considered classified. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, now, uh, somebody that came up quite a bit in, in my research is the program's previous director, Louis Elizondo, former military intelligence official. He resigned in October of 2017 after 10 years with the program. Yep. Uh, he is among a small group of former government officials that is absolutely convinced that objects of undetermined origin have crashed on Earth. Um, and he knows that the materials have been retrieved for study. And I think in a lot of cases, uh, one of the quotes that I saw was that they were not ours, our, you know, quote unquote, not. And when they said ours, he didn't mean America. He wasn't saying they weren't American. He was saying they weren't of earth of earth. Now we can branch out a little bit here. I mean, we're talking independence day, you know, interstellar visitors. Those are going to be pretty intelligent, pretty advanced life. But I think there are other theories also posit that these could be extra-dimensional or possibly even time travel. Right. I've heard that as well. I think extra-dimensional seems to be the one that a lot of people are, or possibly even visitors from our own planet that we are are not currently familiar with. Which, when I think that, of course, my my brain automatically thinks things like Atlantis and, and the like. But I'm not... And I hadn't had found reference to that specifically, but again, like unexplained visitors on our own planet, which could possibly explain USOs, unidentified submersible objects, which is a pretty common phenomenon, too. And you had touched base, and I'd also saw some stories where it kind of involved time travel, almost as if 
our future selves or possibly our descendants are trying to come back to possibly warn us of things, but they can't, of course, you get into the whole time travel thing. Yeah. You can't alter it too much or you unravel everything. Well, even even the discussions on little gray aliens sometimes say that maybe that's a, a future evolution of humanity or, or some branch thereof. Now, uh, another guy whose name I stumbled across was Eric W. Davis, an astrophysicist that worked as a subcontractor and a consultant for the program. And apparently he's been involved with them since 2007. He said that in some cases, examination of the materials had failed to determine a source. Like, they weren't, they weren't United States, they weren't Russian, they weren't Chinese or Japanese. They, uh, he's, I mean, specifically, his words, we could not make these ourselves. Well, now, I wonder if that would go into, I mean, obviously, it's, it's well known that meteorites, asteroids hit Earth. Uh, and obviously, those rock, stones, minerals have different traits than we do here on Earth. I mean, it could be something as simple as taking those properties of that stone gem rock whatever you want to say and being able to utilize that in new technology uh so for those of you out there that may be rolling your eyes a bit and saying oh my gosh they're really going <laughs> far-fetched here uh i mean it everything has to be discovered yeah uh, i mean just like here on earth you know we used to have stone square wheels that we used on carts and we figured out hey you round off the edges and it works a little better and as you find new technology and you apply it, computer science, my gosh, look at uh, the leaps and bounds with that. So even taking a step back and going to just possibly an asteroid or meteor that had different traits of anything else we had and scientists learning how to develop or manipulate that. Well, I mean, even here on Earth, we're sort of continually developing, I don't know that element would be the right word, but you know, new materials and things that we... Sure. We hadn't previously thought possible. Now, of course, the conspiracy theorists will tell you that we reverse engineered that from some alien craft that we found. Roswell or whatever, yeah. Um, as Eric W. Davis, he, he now works for Aerospace Corporation, which is a defense contractor. And he still gives classified briefings to the Defense Department from time to time hmm. uh, about retreat. As recently as this March, he was in front of the Department of Defense. And... Uh, he specifically talked about retrievals of off-world vehicles not made on this Earth. Now, you keep saying the word vehicles. Well. So well, are, you, say, are you saying that this gentleman is, he's openly admitting that they have found vehicles, spacecraft, some some sort of enclosure to hold a body? Well, I think we need to be careful to say spacecraft. Okay. Again, you know, for this is an extra dimensional or, or even unexplained visitors from our own planet uh and again that that's a conspiracy theory all of its own but i mean when they say vehicles i think a lot of times they do mean aircraft i mean they're specifically talking about aircraft and when we talk about retrieval of off-world vehicles i mean obviously we have one of the most famous cases which is roswell uh and roswell's been picked apart a million different ways you know whether it was an actual alien visitation right uh i think there's a theory that it was a russian hoax where they, they they took some people who had had some, some birth defects and put them in this little weather balloon type vehicle and then engineered it so that it would crash and we would discover these malformed bodies, which is... Mass hysteria and panic. And I mean, honestly, that's almost as crazy to me as, as anything else. But yeah, we, we have... Uh, yeah, we we definitely have the well-known stories. I want to say Roswell being the most well-known. Right. But then you've got all these other... 
you know, vaguely hinted at stories in different places, uh, other encounters with UFOs even, which UFOs is such a broad topic. We talk about Roswell. Roswell could be an episode all its own if we wanted to dig into it. Oh, absolutely. Um, Rendlesham Forest, which is, I think they call England's version of Roswell, very, very similar situation. That could be an episode all its own. You, you have this wide-ranging phenomenon, but here we have government officials in government capacity giving briefings on the retrieval of off-world vehicles. Openly admitting. Openly admitting that we don't we, we couldn't build these things. These are things of sci-fi movies that are factually, physically occurring that the government is now admitting. Yeah. And, and like we said even before we started uh, recording here, 2020 has been a crazy year as it is. Yeah, if it's going to happen, corona, maybe 2020 is. Coronavirus and, and all the other <laughs> things that have happened. I think every every month, you know, the explosion in, in Beirut. And, oh, I yeah. I mean, there's just chaos and tragedy, it seems like, all around you. And depending on where you lean on the UFO spectrum, this is either fascinating, joyous news. The government's finally telling us there's something we don't know. Uh, maybe it's a diversionary tactic. Or maybe, you know, they're just, you know, it's, it's time the people knew. Yeah. You know, what, why are they coming out now? Why are they saying these things at this point? Well, um, let's face it, technology overall is getting, I mean, we've made leaps and bounds since the time. I keep visiting Roswell, but since the you know 1950s, 1940s time frame, we've got computers and things are a lot easier leaked out today by far than what it would have been even five years ago, much well, less 10 or 20 years ago. When you look at things like WikiLeaks and, oh yeah, you know, uh, like you said, just, all Hack, it takes computer is computer hackers. You know, yeah, loose lips sink ships, as they say. Um, it's it starts getting out there, and at what point do you just not admit and say, "Okay, look, we didn't want to cause mass hysteria, but you know, 2020's <laughs> done a very good job of that." So we're just going to come forward and start sharing some of this stuff. No, it's uh, yeah. Again, I mean, are they doing it? I I, I got to be this. This is me as, as a human being. This is my my brain. How I work. I don't think the government really does anything out of the niceness, kindness of its heart for usually. So something like this, the, the admission that there's alien, potentially alien vehicles out there zipping around our planet. I mean, yeah, like you said, I mean, maybe it's just the idea that there's, maybe they're getting us ready for something. Again, 2020, <laughs> let's go ahead and cap that off with alien invasion. Why not? <laughs> I think October is still clear, possibly. Well, I was going to say we are a little bit late for Independence Day. <laughs> now, I will. I want to interrupt there. Um, one of the things when we started doing the podcast, we always wanted to say if you had a personal encounter, oh, we yeah. really wanted to kind of bring that to the table. And uh, while it's not an awe-inspiring story, I will say my wife Sarah and I, uh, did have a real-life personal encounter with an unidentified flying object by every sense of the definition. Um, would have been about 1991 or 92. We'd just been married a couple years. We lived um, uh, in a little town of Falcon, Missouri, which is just kind of southeast of here, uh, about 30 minutes away. We had gotten home one night, and again, it's been many years ago. Some of the details are a little sketchy, but it, I know it was dark, uh, but like maybe, let's say, 7 o'clock. We got out of the car and was getting ready to head into the house. And I want to describe the area that we were at, just so everybody knows. There's there's no signs of city lights here. I mean, the driveway itself is a mile and a half long. Uh, we had a mobile home down on her parents' uh, farm at the time. Like I said, we'd just been married, just getting started out. Um, so, I mean, it's normal to have full view of the stars, uh, you know, not a 
pollution area or nothing like that. But we got out and we just happened to notice kind of this light greenish blue glow around and it was so faint we didn't even notice it at first i mean i think we had our hands full of groceries and stuff we were getting ready to carry in and we looked up and probably 100 150 feet up was this i'll describe it as kind of a heart shaped maybe an indian arrowhead shaped glowing vehicle i'll use your word vehicle um what was so weird was there wasn't like light sources on it the entire thing was just kind of putting off this aura this hue and absolutely no sound that was so crazy and then we noticed that i mean there weren't any crickets making noises it was deathly still and we both just kind of looked up at it and we looked at each other and it was like you know what the hell is this kind of thing (laughs) and just within a couple split seconds this thing just took off and I mean, it was gone within seconds, but again, absolutely no sound. Uh, I do remember like some of the trees in the distance, it didn't like blow the leaves off or anything dramatic like that, but there was a little bit of movement and we just kind of carried our groceries in the house, set them down. And of course that was the hot topic for the rest of the night. Uh, now Falcon isn't that far, by the way, the crow flies from a military base, Fort Leonard Wood. Yeah. Uh, that's in Waynesville, Pulaski County. And we had a few connections up there. So the next day we called and, of course, was asking, were you guys doing any maneuvers or, or any, uh, you know, tactical training or anything? And, of course, there's the side of me that's like, if they were, they're not going to, of course, tell us. Yeah, they're not going to tell Joe. Yeah. Joe, nobody. I was like, oh, yeah, we were experimenting with some new aircraft we were flying in the area. But um, they told us no. So we kind of blew it off and we, we kept it to ourselves. We told only our, our family members. And nobody else around there had seen anything. Uh, however, that night on one of the Springfield uh, TV channels, I think it was KY3, th- there was two or three people who had uh, written in and said they also had saw something similar flying over. A couple of years later, uh, I was up on the military base at that time uh, working with a flooring company that my, my in-laws own. And we were quoting, putting some installation of carpet in at the uh, Air Force or the airport area. And lo and behold, I was looking at these pictures of some stealth bombers. And this is about two years later. And this guy walks up to me and we start talking and he goes, oh, yeah, we, we have a couple of those here. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to know that or not, but that's really cool. And he was super nice. Um, he goes, would you like to see them? I mean, I actually got to go out in the hangar, and there was two of them sitting out there. And this there. is the, the wedge-shaped bomber? Yeah, the I want to say it's the B-2 yeah. uh, version. Um, kind of a heart-shaped, if you will. Yeah. Uh, spear, Indian arrowhead kind of deal. But as we were talking before we went to record, even the stealth bombers make noise. Uh, yeah, I mean, I assume that they make noise. And I they don't hover. They're not yeah. hovering aircraft. It's a jet. So, so. I don't know. It, Questions led to more questions. Well, this this could be somewhat distantly related, and, and I don't have a lot of details for this, but my, my stepfather uh, was a retired military, and so he had to travel to the VA hospital in Columbia in a, in a heart condition. And he swore to, to us kids that uh, one day on his way to the VA hospital, he had viewed a UFO in the sky. Hmm. And as far as the description of it, he never really said a whole lot. Like I so said, there was not a lot of detail. It was just... It was a casual offhand, hey, like, I saw a UFO one time on my way to the hospital. <laughs> like, hey, what? this one time. <laughs> and then that would be about the 
the about the summation of it. I mean, it was just, hey, it was one time I saw a UFO. Well, and seriously, that event that, that my wife and I saw, I, I bet it wasn't three minutes. I mean, and it was over just as fast as it occurred. But uh, anyhow, I wanted to share that little story. Yeah, I mean, first-hand account. It doesn't get a lot better than that. We, we kind of don't have a lot of those sometimes on this podcast. Now, for me, my, my digging into this, I got a little historical with it. And I knew that there were some interesting anecdotes from some of our presidents that had discussed the UFO phenomenon. So a couple of things I want to talk about. Uh, you have JFK. Mm-hmm. Obviously, JFK was very well known for wanting to put man on the moon. And we managed to do it in his time frame before sure. 1970. I think it was 1969. If you're a believer in that stuff. Well, my son and I have talked about this. <laughs> He's uh, I like to throw conspiracy theories at him, and then he looks at me like I might be... Um, touched oh um, dad yeah exactly but if you do the research it would have actually cost more to fake the moon landing than it would have been to actually than the budget for sending people to the moon <laughs> so i think we probably did it in a top secret memo supposedly written on november 12 1963 jfk ordered the then uh the cia director at that time to organize all the files that the government had on ufos and to debrief him on what he called the unknowns by february now there's a lot of a lot of int- a lot of things in there. The memo specifically references the fact that he's concerned that UFOs seen over the USSR could be misconstrued as United States weapons of war. He wanted to know, you know, I mean, we were kind of approaching Cold War Absolutely. in the Cold War at yeah, that what time. Gives? Ten days later, after this memo, of course, dun, Kennedy, dun, dun, dun. Kennedy is assassinated. Hmm. Now, there's another story about him talking to a steward on Air Force One. Uh, just making kind of small talk one time, and he gives and he gave the cryptic message quote, "I'd like to tell the public about the alien situation, but my hands are tied." Unquote. Hmm. So you know what did what did Kennedy know? What did he not know? If if you're into conspiracy theories and whatnot, the the request for the memo motivated his assassination. Again, that's conspiracy theory that's out there. I've heard that many times that Kennedy was was assassinated for his interest in in the unexplained UFO phenomenon. So, I'd heard bits and pieces that I had not heard about the uh, stewardess uh, incident. That was a, a new piece, a tidbit. I, I've heard that phrase different ways, and it took me a little while to find that exact quote. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just I'd like to tell people what I know, but I can't. Yeah, my hands are tied. So how much how much did our presidents know? How When did this start? Now, the other one that, that I find a little more interesting, of course, is President Reagan. Now, he was a little more involved in the UFO phenomenon. Uh, of course, President Reagan started, you know, his Star Wars initiative where we would have space-based weaponry to protect us. Right. Uh, now, those those weapons were intended to protect us from our uh, favorite Cold War enemy, the Russians, should they launch ballistic missiles at us. But he actually himself had a documented UFO encounter. One night in 1974, on a private flight approaching Bakersfield, California, I think there were four people on the fl- plane total. It was a small little one-engine mm-hmm. Cessna kind of deal. They saw a fairly steady light of several hundred yards away, which began to accelerate and elongate as they watched it. Then it went up at a 45-degree angle, going from what they would consider normal speed to what they called, in quotes, a fantastic rate of speed almost instantly. Wow. Now, Reagan was telling this story to Norman Miller, who at that time worked for the Wall Street Journal. Reagan was being a little candid. And then when uh, Miller questioned him a little more about it, Reagan, of course, realized he was talking to a reporter. Oopsie. And in Miller's own words, with a look of horror on his face, he just kind of clammed up once he realized he was talking to a reporter. Yeah. So that's 
you know, maybe maybe the president really shouldn't be copping a wall seeing UFOs. <laughs> now, that was, of course, pre-president, you know, back in the 70s. And, but I don't know when he was relating the story. He may have been president at that time. Now, there were a couple times, though, where in a very official capacity, Reagan referenced the UFO phenomenon. Now, some people say that Reagan was trying to clue us in without actually telling us that, hey, there's a bigger threat out there. And that's the theory, you know, we, we could probably dive into all on its own. But there are some folks that really believe that Reagan was just trying to warn the world about things that he couldn't come right out and say. Makes sense. So in, in 1985 Geneva summit, Gorbachev and Reagan decided to, to take a step back and have a kind of a private talk one-on-one. -on -one. You know, famously Reagan and Gorbachev were, they were trying their best to break down the, the, the Cold War and bring everything to an end. Sure. You know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that tear wall. Tear down that wall. But apparently, and this story was related by Gorbachev himself, where uh, in private, Reagan asked Gorbachev, and I'll, I'll read this uh, in quotes here. What would you do if the United States were suddenly attacked by someone from outer space? Would you help us? And Gorbachev responded, yeah, no doubt about it. And Reagan responded, yeah, us too. Uh, and, and after recounting that story, Gorbachev kind of got quiet for a moment. And he goes, yeah, so that's interesting. <laughs> like even Gorbachev himself kind of didn't know where that was going. Now he did, Reagan believed strongly that an outside threat was needed to bring the world together. And he'd repeated this more than once. Uh, I even say right here, you know, Independence Day style. And in quotes. And of course, obviously he didn't know Independence Day. Way before Day. the movie. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of uncanny. But here in a couple of speeches, he kind of lays the groundwork even for that very idea. There was a speech he gave to the UN where he said, and I'll quote again, What if all of us in the world were threatened by an outer power from outer space, from another planet? We would all of a sudden find out that we didn't have any differences at all. And then later in another speech, 1987, and I quote again, Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bond. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. So Reagan believed that there might be bigger threats. And again, like I said, there, there's this belief that Reagan was just trying to tip us off to what he already knew. He couldn't come right out and say, hey, hey folks, I know there's aliens out there and we right. need to get ready for it. But people are saying that maybe maybe Reagan was trying to well, warn us. What is that saying? An enemy of my enemy is a friend of mine, or something yeah. like like that. And it's it's a good thought in the, in the the middle of the Cold War that Reagan was trying to find ways to a, a common ground. Yeah, kind bring of. humanity together. Now, if you're familiar with the plot line of The Watchmen, obviously this is the same thing that Osmandius does when he summons his giant space squid that brings the world together. <laughs> of course, millions of people had to die for that reality. We but again, we're we're so fractured, we're so divided. Even in our own country, you know, it's hard to find people that that that. It, well, okay, I think the media maybe plays it up a little bit, but it just seems like even in our own country, people are at each other's throats, ready to kill over oh, the slightest thing. Yeah, even, we saw that very evident just in the past months of yeah. twenty twenty. I mean, so I mean, I I kind of agree with Reagan a little bit. I think there needs to be some massive outside threat that brings us all together. I think it's the only way you get humanity all on the well, same side. We saw bits and fragments of that. I mean, going back to 9-11, for example, I mean, you know, at least America, for the most part, came together. I mean, it, it didn't matter. Well, it wasn't just America. I mean, now true, you, true. You, we, we had worldwide support, and a lot of countries stood side by side with us. It was like the things that were so important to everybody at that moment, at least for a few months, 
that was just dropped. Yeah. And, you know, there was that common bond of coming together. So, uh, I mean, we've saw fragments of that, if you will. So but, can't even imagine if an outside source other from this world. Yeah. Uh, talk about some scary stuff. Well, really. and it would just that idea would challenge a lot of core human beliefs. Well, and as we were talking before we went uh, recording, seriously, let's let's take this, this this wild step. But let's say you have little gray men or whatever that possibly are traveling, or maybe they're time travelers, maybe they're from different planes, whatever. Obviously, they have far superior knowledge and wisdom than anyone. Here. Yeah, if they've got the ability to traverse the stars. If they got the ability to come here and knock on our door. What could we possibly have to send them scurrying on their well, way? Well, and the thing is, is if you look at human history, and, and this is this is an analogy I've seen brought up many times. You look at all of human history, when a technologically advanced culture encounters a less developed culture, that doesn't usually end well for that mm. lesser culture. No, you know when when Europeans rolled up on the shores of uh, North America, the Indians with Native our Americans. guns and. You know, it, it didn't didn't do well for the Native American. Not at all. Not at all. So, uh, just to kind of put a capstone on all of this, uh, as I was doing my research even, I found an article uh, just this past Friday, August 14, 2020. The Pentagon announced they are launching a new task force to better understand the UFO phenomenon. So, this is something they're still again. working on right now. Another chapter. So. Well, I wanted to just close here but we talked about the of course the navy videos and i'd say anybody that has internet i'm sure is at least familiar with a couple of those videos uh that the navy officers uh, witnessed recorded and kind of came forward about 2017 but we were talking about technology and how it's leading itself it's harder to kind of keep stuff secret if that was the case um but a former member of blink 182 the music group uh tom DeLong. Uh, he actually has kind of come out and took a stance, and he has put together uh, To the Stars Academy and Arts of Science. It's a company co-founded by uh, Tom DeLong, and he says it's for the study and information of unidentified aerial phenomenon. It was some of his work, I think, that actually brought some of those videos to light. So, you know... Depending on what side of the fence you want to put your stance on on this, it could be little green or gray men. It could be meteorites, a new technology, time traveling, planes, whatever. The fact of the matter is inquiring minds want to know. And there are more people coming forward, sharing information that were in positions to be exposed and to know this stuff that are finally starting to leak out, if you will, or come forward however. It's a very interesting time to uh, to be alive, that's for sure. And thus is another episode for Tales on the Lost Highway. I would like to thank uh, Alex Tudor, who has been helping us uh, a lot uh, with our endeavors on this podcast. You can call him our producer at this point, I think. Our producer, electronic recording technician. Uh, um, he's uh, the one that's setting up all the mics and the hardware in the background. And then Bill Weirs is going through taking his time to try to clean and edit this up and uh, give us the best possible version that we can present to you folks. want to thank everybody involved with that.